0: this morning, amen? Amen. So while we were worshiping the Lord, while we were praying, a couple of thoughts were running through my mind. And uh, that's not unusual. However, I do feel like, um, just by way of encouragement, uh, when you're praying, I want to encourage you to pray specifically. Talk to the Lord in specifics. I mean, it's okay to be talking to the Lord in generalities, but I want to encourage you to speak in specifics. Uh, I'm reminded again, I shared this last week before service in an unrelated way, David in his aloneness. But So we talked a little bit about what it means to be alone uh, last Sunday. But in that same portion of Scripture in 1 Samuel, the Scripture says David encouraged himself in the Lord. And oftentimes we quote that portion of Scripture that we need to encourage ourselves in the Lord. But if you follow the text to the next verse, you'll discover how David encouraged himself in the Lord. He said to Abiathar, the priest, bring the ephod here. Bring the ephod. And he asked the Lord two very specific questions. You see, Ziklag, where they lived, he and his 600 men and his warriors and their families, They were away and their families were ransacked and the city was burned. Their wives and their children are gone. And for all they know, the Amalekites, they're not even certain who it is, but their enemies had come in and literally carried them away. But they have no idea. They could be dead. The one thing that they have in their favor is they're not finding bodies. But David's men wanted to stone him because of just the anguish of heart. It says that they wept so hard that the men had no more strength to even weep. Lest we miss the weightiness and the reality there. And David knew what to do. He called and said to Abiathar the priest, bring the ephod here. We must get a word from the Lord. We must get a word from the Lord. And so, He cried out and said, shall we pursue this troop and shall we overtake them? And God responded and said, pursue, pursue, and you will overtake them and you will lack nothing. Everything will be restored to you. And I was very encouraged by that. Let's be specific and watch God answer our requests specifically. He is the one who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above. He is the one who answers our prayers. And he'll answer specifically. Listen, when the children of Israel in the Exodus, and we'll come to this in just a little while in chapter 15... They came to the waters of Myra, and they have been in the desert now for three days. They've crossed the Red Sea. They're out in the desert, and they come to the water because they're out of water. And you can imagine how thrilled they are to see water. Come on. I get this image in my mind that the young'uns, as they kind of come over this sand dune and they see water down there, that all the young ones are just running just a pile drive into the water. I remember what it was like growing up When my parents would take us to the beach, first of all, on my way to the beach, I got to ride in that backward seat of the station wagon. You remember that? The old Plymouth Fury 3, I'm in the back, so I'm watching the cars that are following us, and we're on our way to the beach, Huntington Beach. And when we got to the sand, we couldn't wait to just tear off our shirts, flip our flip-flops off, drop our towels and the kids we just start running and by the time we were getting to the water we were running so fast and our big old heads were out in front of us boom we're falling face first in the sand <laughs> and I could just get this picture of the kids and when they get to the water only to discover that the waters were unpotable they're not drinkable they're bitter waters poisonous water and so this oh God provided for us and then oh no and now i'm even just more frustrated and moses sought the lord and the lord was specific with him he showed him a tree and moses obeyed the lord and cast the tree into the water and the tree that was cast in the water made the bitter water sweet god answered the specific prayer, and God answered the prayers of the congregation and supplied and provided in a miraculous way. And God will do that for you, and God will do that for me. He's specific. I was reminded while we were singing and praying, I just had this picture of an axe head coming up out of the water, turning on its side, and floating to shore. 2 Kings chapter 6. Cutting a tree down, swinging back, and the head of the axe flies out into the river or out into the lake. (laughs) Just distraught. And the man of God says, Where did it go? And he says, It's fallen into the water. It's fallen deep. And he broke a stick and threw it in the water, and the iron rose to the surface and floated to shore. And he said, Pick it up. Here's the deal. Maybe you're here this morning and you feel like you've fallen and you've fallen deep. God will show you what to do and he will cause you to rise up and come near and pick you up and lift you up. That's what God does. He's specific and he wants to meet our needs. Amen? Amen. Father, again, we continue to pray today. Lord, you know where each of us are. Maybe there's one who feels like they've just had this bitterness that's a mess in their lives and they're saying, God, deliver me from this bitterness. Lord, will you show the tree wherewith we are to apply to bitter waters, the cross, the cross of Jesus. The tree can make bitter water sweet. That tree or that branch that was broken by the man of God and placed upon or in the water to cause the iron to float. Can iron float? Can a man raise himself up? God can raise up a man. God can cause that which has fallen and fallen deep to rise to the surface, to defy all odds and to float above the circumstances and the swells Even as Peter walked upon the water, as Jesus walked upon the water and as Peter began to sink, Jesus extended his hand out and said, don't doubt. Why did you doubt? And they both got into the boat. God, will you raise us up? Will you speak and minister to us specifically today? In Jesus' name, and all God's people said a strong amen. 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 Praise the Lord. We're in Exodus chapter 11 this morning. I would invite you to turn in your Bibles with me to Exodus chapter 11. We'll read the entire chapter. It's 10 short verses. 10 short verses. And I'm going to actually do something I've never done before. I'm going to set a timer. (laughs) We'll see if that works. Nah, that's not going to work. I'll stop it. Okay. Chapter 11. There is an overriding reality that I believe chapter 11 displays. It's one of three reminders today, but the first reminder for us that I will give after we've read the text. I want you to understand right up front that it is carried through literally the entirety of the chapter. In 10 verses, it is resplendent. And it has to do with the character of God. And the Lord said to Moses, I will bring one more plague on Pharaoh and on Egypt. Afterward, He will let you go from here. That's what they've been asking from the very onset. God said, the God of the Hebrews, Yahweh has said, let my people go that they may serve me. My people which are in bondage, deliver them, set them free from bondage that they might serve me. And now God says, one more plague, and he will let you go from here. And when he lets you go, he will surely drive you out from here altogether. So it's not gonna just be a gone and go, it's gonna be get out of here, get out of here. Speak now in the hearing of the people, and let every man ask from his neighbor, and every woman from her neighbor. "'Articles of silver and articles of gold. "'And the Lord gave the people favor "'in the sight of the Egyptians. "'Moreover, the man Moses was very great "'in the land of Egypt, "'in the sight of Pharaoh's servants "'and in the sight of the people. "'Then Moses said, "'Thus says the Lord, "'About midnight I will go out "'into the midst of Egypt.' And all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die. From the firstborn of Pharaoh who sits on his throne, even to the firstborn of the female servant who is behind the handmill, and all the firstborn of the animals. And there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as was not like it before, nor shall be like it again. But against none of the children of Israel shall a dog move its tongue against man or beast, that you may know that the Lord does make a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. And all these, your servants, shall come down to me and bow down to me, saying, Get out. And all the people who follow you After that, I will go out. Then he went out from Pharaoh in great anger. And the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh will not heed you so that my wonders may be multiplied in the land of Egypt. So Moses and Aaron did all these wonders before Pharaoh and the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart and he did not let the children of Israel go out of his land. Father in the next few moments as we consider the perfect law of liberty the word of God Lord will you speak to our hearts may we be reminded God of your goodness may we be reminded Lord of your faithfulness may we be reminded of your great exceedingly great and precious promises in Jesus name and all God's people said a strong amen Amen, amen. amen. well let's look back and we'll walk through the text. Exodus chapter 11, verse 1. And the Lord said to Moses, I will bring one more plague on Pharaoh. The first nine plagues were different than this last plague. The first nine, remember, they were in sequence. There were Two plagues that came with warning and then a third plague with no warning. And then there were two more plagues with warning and then a plague with no warning. And then two more plagues with a warning and then a plague with no warning. And now the 10th plague, which is distinctly different because it's going to impact the entirety. In fact, all the land of Egypt, all the land of Egypt, and we'll discover next week also that this would also apply and be applied to even Israel. But God makes Provision for covering so that they can escape. So, God's character is faithfulness. Will you say that with me? God's character is faithfulness. Faithfulness. God is faithful. He says, when he, that is, when Pharaoh lets you go. He is predictive. He is prophetic. He is declaring the future. And the future belongs to the Lord. He says, I have a purpose and a hope and a future for each one of us. You and I, God has a purpose and a plan. And it's good. Thanks be to God. It's good. He holds the future. And God here is fulfilling his promise to Moses, to Israel, to Abram, his friend forever, whom he also promised to Abram and his descendants. Listen, Exodus chapter 3. Earlier, we were told, and we walked through this, God said, I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all my wonders. And... The chapter even ends with, and so Moses and Aaron did all these wonders in his sight. And so they did these wonders. And he said, which I will do in its midst. And after that, he will let you go. God told Moses way before the prophet Moses, he said, Moses, you're gonna show all these wonders and after that, he will let you go. Now God is about to fulfill that. He is fulfilling His promises, because that's what God does. He's faithful. He fulfills his promises. And this is the overriding character of God. God is faithful. He is faithful, and faithfulness is his character. And so we'll see this resplendent in the entirety of the chapter. Answered prayer after answered prayer prophecy after prophecy answered, and God is faithful. Now, he promised the same, he promised that he would judge the people with the plagues. He said to Abram in Genesis 15, I will judge this people. This people who will have you for 400 years in bondage I will judge. And God has fulfilled that. He fulfilled the promise that he had given Abraham or Abram at that time. And in Genesis 15, verses 13 and 14, this is what he said to Abram. Know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs and will serve them, and they will afflict them 400 years. And also the nation whom they serve, I, God, will judge. Afterward, they shall come out with great possessions. We'll look at that in just a moment. So God's character is faithfulness. So that's like this overriding reminder for you and I today. Aren't you thankful today? God's faithful. He can be counted on. His word is golden. His promises are golden. We can bank on them in their entirety. Are you with me this morning? If God says so, then it's so. Even when you cannot see it with your natural eye, even when you cannot hear it, you cannot smell it, you cannot touch it, even when you don't feel it, that does not impact the reality. If God says so, then so. God's charity is fruitfulness. Listen to Exodus chapter 11, verse 2. Speak now in the hearing of the people. Let every man ask ask from his neighbor and every woman from her neighbor articles of silver and gold. Now, how long have the children of Israel been in bondage? 400 years. How long have they been in slavery? 400 years. How long have they been laboring without wages? 400 years. Ask, the Hebrew word sha'al, it is also properly understood and translated, ask, yes, require, yes. Ask, but not with the understanding of borrowing like I'm going to return this to you. Ask with the understanding that you owe us. And the children of Egypt recognize. Now remember, the children of Egypt, Moses was very great in their eyes. And there was fear, and they're like, man, we owe this guy. Look, all the stuff that's transpired thus far. And so when the people ask, they're like lavishing it on. Say, yes, yes. Again, God is faithful. He's answering their, or he's answering even his promise. Articles of silver and gold, God's fulfilling. Remember Exodus chapter 31, or chapter uh, three, we just read a few moments ago, and it shall be when they let you go that you shall not go empty-handed. Verse 21 of chapter three says, you're not gonna go empty-handed. But every woman, verse 22 of chapter three, shall ask of her neighbor, Namely, of her who dwells near her house, articles of silver, articles of gold, and clothing, and you shall put them on your sons and your daughters, so you shall plunder the Egyptians. God told Moses that back in Exodus chapter 3. Listen, when you leave, you're going to leave with plunder. Your women and your men, they're gonna ask for articles of silver and articles of gold and they will give it to you. And now God is answering his own prophetic word. God holds the future, he knows the future, and he, listen, the scripture even tells us in the New Testament, we have the spirit of God who lives in us. If your faith today is in Jesus Christ, God the spirit dwells in you. Can I get an amen? The scripture tells us he will not speak on his own accord but he will speak those things that he has heard and he will show us things to come. Come on. The spirit of God will give revelation, knowledge of even the things that are in our future and the answers that God has and prayers. I know for me sometimes I just get an image in my mind and I say, come on, God, is that you? If that's you, yes and amen. Let it be so. And time and time and time again, it's been the case. Just not even a month ago, Monday night, church council meeting, talking with the men, and Our congregation is facing a reality. Within a couple of weeks, they're going to occupy the first 15 feet of this building, which means I'm going to be like standing on top of you two. There's not room. And we said, you know what? This is no mystery to God. This is no like blindside to God. God knows we're not going to fret. We're just going to believe. And God will open doors and he'll show us the way. He'll show us the way. You have to come back next Sunday to hear what he's done. <laughs> How's that for a little bait? <laughs> he's answered. And it, was, it wasn't, I mean, that was Monday night, Tuesday. I reiterated it in our staff meeting. Gang, we're going to believe God, and we're going to be like Moses. We're going to seek the Lord. We're going to be specific. And by Wednesday morning, 9 o'clock, we knew. We knew what was next. And that's been confirmed. God answers his own words. He fulfills his promise. And again, he fulfilled this promise that he had made to Abram. He said, afterward, they shall come out with great possessions. And that's about to occur. They're going to exit with great wealth. So, God's character is faithfulness. God's charity. His love is fruitfulness. His charity is fruitfulness. God wants to lavish, a be abundant towards his people. Third reminder, God's children are favored. Will you look at your neighbor and say, you are favored of the Lord. You're favored of the Lord. How encouraging to know God's favor rests on you and I. God's favor rests on you and I. Why? Did we earn it? No, we did not. Can we earn more of his favor? No, we cannot. God's favor is on us because his favor is on his son, Jesus. And if we are in Christ, all the blessings of Christ come with that, and favor is one. Verse three, Exodus 11, and the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt and in the sight of Pharaoh's servants and in the sight of the people. So listen, Pharaoh's like an island out here. He's the only one who's not paying very close attention to what Moses is saying because his heart has been, who is Yahweh that I should obey him? Who is Yahweh? And God has Put him in the crucible to test. The crucible to test. He's given him the occasion to harden his heart. He's given them the occasion. And you'll see in just a moment, he'll give them even a greater occasion. He said, hey, your folks are gonna come and bow down to me. (laughs) He's like, hey, those are my folks. Those are my people. I am the personification of Amun-Ra, the sun god. I am his son here on earth. And Moses is going to say, hey, they're going to come down and bow down to me. And this rivalry of affection, this rivalry of worship, he's going to harden his heart. As Proverbs says, it's the crucible for silver and gold, but the praise of man, man. It's the weighing stick, if you will. And so we're going to see Pharaoh's heart hardened. So God says, and the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. God is fulfilling his promise to Moses and Israel. Here is that he is faithful. I will give this people favor, he said in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 21. So some eight chapters earlier, he said, you will have favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And now he is saying, you will experience the very favor that I've been talking about. I am fulfilling my promise. God fulfills his promises. We come to Exodus chapter 11, verses 4 and 5, and it says this, Then Moses said, Thus says the Lord, About midnight I will go out into the midst of Egypt, and all of the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die, from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sits on his throne, even to the firstborn of the female servant who is behind the handmill, and all the firstborn of the animals. God's fulfilling his promise. Again, he is faithful. His promises are yes and amen. The scripture, back in Exodus chapter 4, in verse 23, you could flip back to Exodus chapter 4 and verse 23. God says to Moses then, so I say to you, let my son, or God speaking through Moses to." Uh, Pharaoh. So I say to you, let my son go that he may serve me. But if, he, if you refuse to let him go, indeed, I will kill your son. I will kill your son, your firstborn. God has told Pharaoh ahead of time, if you don't heed, if you don't bow down, if you don't yield to Yahweh, God's already exposed all the false gods of Egypt and their frailty in his presence. They are not real gods. They're not real gods. Yahweh is God. And he has said, if you don't, it will cost you dearly. You see, you have kept my son Israel in bondage. And I've said, let him go. And you have resisted, 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 and he says that hardness is going to now cost you. I love that God forewarns before, God forewarns, and even the Egyptians had they obeyed just like with their cattle. Hey, there's going to be something that's coming upon the cattle. Get them inside. Get them inside. And if they get inside, then it's not going to happen. There's a warning, but the people didn't yield and listen to the Lord. And so their cattle died. And so God is giving forewarning and gave forewarning and revealed to Moses his prophet ahead of time. And Moses has declared it faithfully. And now the reality is about to occur, the death of the firstborn. In all, God again is fulfilling his promise. You see, although we did not read chapter 12, we'll be picking up in chapter 12 next week, but I'll give you a preview. Chapter 12 and verse 29, it says, and it came to pass at midnight that the Lord struck all the firstborn in the land of Egypt from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on his throne to the firstborn of the captive who was in the dungeon and all the firstborn of the livestock. They were all destroyed. The firstborn. Before I go much further I just want to give one more instance instance of God's faithfulness. Verse 6 says this, of chapter 11. Then there shall be a great cry throughout the land of Egypt, such as was not like it before, nor shall be like it again. Chapter 12 and verse 30 says, So Pharaoh rose in the night, all his servants and all the Egyptians, and there was a great cry in Egypt. God knows the future. He declares the future before it occurs and then it occurs as God had declared it. God is faithful. Verse 7 says this, but against none of the children of Israel shall a dog move its tongue. In other words, while all of this havoc is occurring in all of Egypt, which includes the land of Goshen, Yet in the land of Goshen, there's a distinction that has been made. There is a difference that has been made. God has already revealed that there is a difference on a number of these previous plagues. But this particular plague, all in Egypt are subject to the firstborn death. But you see, God made provision for his children to be covered. And so he said the children of israel a dog won't even there'll be no cause for the dog to bark there'll be no stir there'll be no trouble because they will have obeyed and they will have covered themselves through my provision of the blood of the lamb on the lentil posts and over their doors and so he says Against a man or a beast, that you may know that the Lord does make a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. I would like to suggest to you this morning that God still makes a difference between his children and the children of this world. God's favor rests upon us. The scripture tells us, again, it is not anything that you and I deserve. It's not anything that we have earned. It is 100% God. The covenant is based on one, not two parties. One. The new covenant is in the shed blood of Jesus Christ. It is because of what Jesus accomplished. It was because of the blood of the lamb on the lentils. The the deaf angel wasn't going through the cities, of Jerusalem, or the cities of Egypt and looking at the houses and inspecting the house and saying, this one deserves it, this one doesn't. It had nothing to do with the house. It had everything to do with the blood covering. Come on, that's good news for you and I. We don't have to earn it. In fact, we cannot earn it. If you're here this morning and you are trying to earn God's favor, you can rest. You can stop because you already have it in Jesus. You can't earn any more of his blessings because in him, you've already received all the blessings of God. Every spiritual blessing is ours in Christ Jesus. How many spiritual blessings? All of them. All of them. First Corinthians, Paul writing to the church in Corinth, he reminds us that All of the promises of God are in him, yes, and in him, amen. It's in Christ and in Christ alone that the promises of God are realized. You see, Jesus is the only one who could fulfill all of the if-then statements of the promises. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, Turn from their evil ways and their wicked ways. Repent and come and seek me. Then I will. No one can do that. But Jesus, he can fulfill the if statement of all the promises. Therefore, it's in him that all of the then statements are realized No one could fulfill any of the Old Testament if statements that were associated with the promises. No one. Not you, not me, no one. Not Paul, who said, according to the law, perfect. A Hebrew of Hebrews of the tribe of Benjamin, according to the pharisaical law, perfect, perfect. And then he said, oh, but I realized then that the law is spiritual. Oh, who can? Thanks be to God, we have victory through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus can fulfill, therefore, in him, all of the promises are ours. Come on. We get the then statements of all the promises contained within his word. Every one of them, thanks be to God. The blood covenant, the promises, the blessings. Peter later tells us, all things that pertain to life and godliness are ours. So we have every spiritual blessing, Ephesians tells us. First Corinthians tells us all the promises. Peter tells us, all things that pertain. Listen, we get it all. God is faithful. His charity, his love will bring fruitfulness. We have abundance in the Lord. In the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, there are a lot of additional differences that I could enumerate between the children of the world and the children of the Lord. We could take hours and go through time and time and time and time again God's distinction being made. Listen, it's from the very formation. It's life and beyond death. But certainly, remember in the, in the New Testament, God says, listen, we do not mourn like those who what? Have no hope. There's a distinction. You and I, we have hope. Come on. If your faith is in Jesus, you know your name is written in God's book. You're heaven bound. Come on, that's good news. I don't have to face the realities of death. The same way the person who has no faith in Jesus. We're just passing through. This life is a vapor. Death for us, Paul said it this way, for me to live is Christ. To die is gain. It's gain. Eternity. Eternity. It's more real It's more real than the seats you're sitting on. It's more real than the ground that you walk upon. The laws that govern this universe. It's more real than gravity. Eternity. (laughs) And that's where we're going, to be with him. Come on, it's epic. Lots of differences. Uh, We've enumerated a few. So today be reminded of These epic realities of God. His character is faithfulness. His charity is fruitfulness for you and I. It means fruitfulness for you and I. All of those blessings, all of those promises, all things. And we, his children, are favored. We, his children, we have the favor of God. Paul, writing to the churches of the providence of Galatia, said it this way. We are blessed with believing Abraham. We're blessed with believing Abraham, who was called a friend of God. Jesus, at one point, turned to his disciples and he says, I now call you friends. And he would look at you and he would say to you and me, friends, friends, thanks be to God. Finally, this chapter, I believe, points to the gospel, the gospel. You see, there is a reality for all those in Egypt, which includes Goshen, God's chosen, and those that are in the world, Egypt being a type of the world. There is a death sentence, a death sentence, because Adam sinned, and we're all descendants of Adam, Therefore, death extends to all men, Romans tells us in the fifth chapter. We have a death sentence. And it extends. We are without redemption. Israel couldn't do anything to earn her deliverance. Nothing. Neither can we. Neither can we. And God has given a forewarning. And so he warns every man And we get to warn those who have yet responded to God's provision. You see, God has made a provision. Just like we'll see next week when we go through chapter 12. And I encourage you to read it in advance. The institution of Passover initiated. God supplied and provides a lamb. And the blood of the lamb upon the doorposts and the lentils makes a covering. God supplied and provided his own son. We see it in the story of Abraham and Isaac as they climb Mount Moriah. We have the fire and we have the wood, Dad, but where is the offering? And God said, or Abraham said to his son, God will supply himself. God will supply himself an offering. God will become the offering the second person of the Trinity, Jesus, who is known as the lamb slain before the foundations of the world. John, when he sees Jesus, John, the Baptist, when he sees his cousin, he says to his own disciples, behold, the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. God shall supply himself a sacrifice. God became man. He lived a sinless life. He was born not of the lineage of Adam. He was born of a virgin. Therefore, the bloodline that was tainted did not apply to his blood. He was without spot or wrinkle, no blemish, lived a sinless life, and therefore his blood shed upon the cross at Calvary makes a covering, just as the Passover would make a covering for the children of Israel. Jesus, God's lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. The question is today, are you under the covering? Are you under the covering that God has provided and supplied? Are you beneath the shed blood of Jesus by faith? The Bible says it is by grace we have been saved through faith. Jesus shed his blood for the sins of the entire world. But unless one apprehends it, it doesn't apply. Unless we lay hold of the covering, it doesn't apply. Have you laid hold of that which Christ Jesus has laid hold of you for salvation? The Bible says if anyone calls upon the name of the Lord, he shall be saved. If anyone would confess Jesus with his mouth, confessing the Lord and believing in his heart that God raised him from the dead, he shall be saved. As I look across the auditorium this morning, most, well, at least those of you that I can recognize because I don't have my glasses on, I believe that you know the Lord. So thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. We're heaven bound. That's encouraging. But there may be someone here who does not know the Lord and you've not come under that covering. And you hear the death sentence. It's been given and it's over all. Like the children of Israel, they had to take that lamb and on the 10th day bring it into their own home and they would live with it for four days and four days later, the lamb would be offered, they would take the blood and a branch, a hyssop branch, and they would apply it to their door. And it would become that covering, if you will, and the death angel would pass over that house. Is your house covered with the lamb's blood? I'm gonna invite everyone here this morning, if you would just take a moment by closing your eyes and bowing your head Every eye closed and every head bowed, please. Just, we're going to take a moment. You're here this morning, and maybe you realize, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in heaven, and I believe in hell. But I've not received the covering of Jesus' blood for my sin for my sin. I don't know that my name is written in his book and I want to know today. I want to know for sure. Just like the children of Israel could sit inside the house with the blood covering and be in absolute certainty that they were saved from death. You can know today for absolute certainty that eternal damnation will pass over you because of your faith to come under the blood covering of Jesus Christ. If that's you and you would say, yes, I want Jesus, I would like to receive that covering by faith, would you let me know that you want to be included in this prayer simply by raising your hand where you are and say, that's me. Will you include me in this prayer? I'm just gonna look for a moment. I see that one. God bless you. I see the one down here. God bless you. You can put your hands down after you've raised them. God bless you. Anybody else? You say yes to the Lord. Maybe you're here this morning, and you've, you've received Jesus at one point in time in your life, but you say, man, I've struggled. I have struggled. In and out, in and out, in and out, and I feel like I'm out right now. And you say, I just want to affirm I just want to affirm. I, first, I'd tell you that God can't disown himself. If your faith is in Jesus, man, you're born again. You're born again. But you just want to affirm it. You want to, I just want to say it again. And that's you. Will you indicate that by raising your hand and just say, remember me. Remember me. Okay, a bunch of hands. Come on. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Just making sure. Just making sure, God, you know Father, we come in Jesus' name this morning. A couple of hands went up. Your word says that if we confess Jesus Christ is Lord and we believe, God, that you raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. Lord, as a congregation, we, with the one, two that raised their hand for that first call, we simply, let's say it all together, Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. He's, Lord, come into my life, we would cry. Cover with your blood my sin, my trespasses. Thank you, Father, for your forgiveness in Jesus. Hallelujah. God, we believe that you raised him from the dead. You see, death had no hold because he was without spot or wrinkle. He was without blemish. Death had no hold on him because he was without sin, unleavened without sin. So, Father, thank you for those two that said yes. Now, Lord, many hands, several hands, raised just by affirmation. I am a child of God, and I declare Jesus publicly, declaring Jesus publicly by raising my hand, declaring by faith Jesus come into my life, Cleanse me from my unrighteousness. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me with the hyssop. Wash me in the blood that I may know. Even as John wrote in one of his final epistles, these things were written that you may know that you have eternal life. Oh, God, that we would know because your promises are true in him. Your character is faithful to your word. You save your people. So God, thank you. We worship you and we praise you and we give you thanks this day. In Jesus' mighty name, and all God's people said a strong amen.